0: bounce the check, and know it ain't all about the dough, but my people still pull reparations dues, so just give me what you owe. no we won't renounce the debt, America bounce the check, and know it ain't all about the dough, but my people still pull reparations whole reparations school, so just give me what you owe. Capitalists are the enemy, but we get treated like the villain when prison is homicide, cause they making a killing. And war generates more loot, so that's why Bush is going off. Live cock like Joey, but you go, he don't care about jobs, it seems. So I gotta use my pen to get money like an ATM machine. The economy's at its slow as my so i why the black man gotta work hard like Mel Porno's song to my soldiers. at a cobra Hold your head, it's not over, Chip Pro ain't dead, he just got a little older, more colder, so we gotta be less
1: passive, more bolder, so damn, can wag the room, and the playing field ain't level yet. Conversation reparations, conversation reparations, conversation reparations, welcome to in InCobra's radio show, Conversation Reparations. When we first planned this show some weeks ago, we had no idea that we would be going through in the middle of the uprisings that we are currently in the middle of right now. We had already planned to have the youth of Encobra, so it just worked out in great divine order for us to have the young people who are children of board members of Encobra and the leadership of Encobra to speak to us from their perspective about reparations, as well as to speak to us around these uprisings that's going on right now. So what I'd like to do is just, uh, again, you can find out more information about Encobra at incobraonline.org, incobraonline.org. And so we have, right now, we have three of our guests. We're anticipating a couple more guests are coming in to open up, so let's just get started and just have them introduce themselves um, and tell us how old they are. Let us know if they've been out in the streets in the last few days, uh, and who their parents are, how they're connected to in COBRA. So I'll start out with his um, sister, uh, Alana.
2: To be
3: here. Oh, Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay, it's good being here, and thanks for having me. Um, my name's Alana Lamar. I am daughter of Deborah Rice Lamar, and- board member and I'm based here in South Florida. Um, With everything going on this past week, I've really been doing some soul searching, trying to figure out the best way to serve my purpose and find out the best way to be a part of of what's going on. Um, So I haven't been out in the streets. I've been sharing resources and things like that. But just trying to figure out the best place for myself. That's been my, this, this past week of, of soul searching.
1: Okay, would you tell us a little bit more about what you do also though, and, and even the work that you do within COBRA?
3: Within COBRA, I help manage the website uh, for the organization. Um, in my regular day to day, I am an attorney. I work in business and personal injury law in the state of Florida. And graduate of FAMU, so I'm a double HBCU graduate uh for both of my um degrees. And uh yeah, pretty much. All
1: right, that's great, great. All right, uh let's see, let's do Brother Sebaco Jawanza. What say you? I know you share with me that you've been out there with the people, what's going on, who are you, who you connected to, what have you been how have you been dealing with this time that we're in right now?
4: Uh, greetings. My name is Tobaco Jawanza here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, my mother is Marsha Juwanza, female co-chair for NCOBRA. Um, I'm 37. uh, be 38 next month. Um, here in Indianapolis, I'm director of food justice for community multi-service center, Atlanta House. Um, we have a farm. 1.9 acres, as well as a newly constructed uh, store or well, a newly reconstructed store and um, cafe. Um, and, yeah, it's been, it's been real crazy up in Indianapolis, uh, especially the past three days. Uh, they issued a curfew um, yesterday and again tonight. Um, it's a lot of people that are on the ground. Uh, we opened up our store for um, people to just take a break or have refuge or be able to just get away or need medical attention. Um we did that a few nights ago and continue to to be able to be open for people to come through um and just make sure that they have a, a safe space uh, and know that there's a business out there that's supporting what's going on out there in the streets. Um so yes, yeah, it's, it's been uh it's been very much a heavy heavy toll on a lot of people. Uh, here um, with the pandemic as well as with what's going on. But uh, it's nothing new that any of us uh, who are paying attention, you know, we already understand what type of world we live in at the moment. Uh, It's just great to see that people are are vying for their voice to be heard out here in the streets.
1: That's right. That's right. Just want to be heard. That's what Dr. Martin Luther King said. When people are not being heard, and we have to resort to Certain kinds of things in order to be heard. Yes, yes. righty and thanks for doing that good work up there in Indianapolis, providing a safe space for our people, and 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 and, and um the farming that's um very important as well. And give thanks. All right, but uh,
0: just, uh, okay. yes. uh if- if we could ask the other scheduled guests who may have called in by now, if you just hit star, star on your uh, keypad that'll unmute you because I don't know telephone numbers and if there's no uh, name, but please uh, hit star, star to unmute yourself. Go ahead, Brother Jamoke. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's all right. That's all right.
1: I was getting
0: to ask you if we had any, uh, if, if a guest, come on, you let me know. Yeah, all right. You have
1: your
0: clip. So got it ready.
1: Okay, great. Right. All right. Sister Bahati, that that Benjamin. Who are you? What you been doing? Uh what do you make of this? Well that's like let's not get into that yet. Well yeah, what are you? Who are you? How old are you? Uh who are you related to in Cobra?
5: All right. So peace and blessings, everyone. I'm very glad to be here. So thanks for having me. Um, I'm Bahati Kaolette Benjamin. I am the daughter of Willer and Brenda Lett, and I'm coming through the New England area, both Connecticut and New Hampshire. I just turned 40 this year, 2020, so I'm in the 40-40 club now, and. Um, I am a data scientist, and my husband and I also own a couple of businesses, but we have one in the Hartford, Connecticut area where we host jewelry making workshops and also rites of passage for um, young men and women. As far as the uprising, it's um, it's really interesting because I feel like it's just compounded um, with everything else we were going through with the pandemic and really the loss of life with you know a lot of our legends, you know, starting with Kobe Bryant on down to you know, Andre Harrell and Betty Wright and um, all the others who've joined the ancestors. So just a lot to process. And um, I have not been in the streets. I've been really trying to connect with family to ground myself and also been trying to explain this um, and make sense of it with my son and daughter.
1: How old are your children?
5: So I have a 15-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son. Yeah, my daughter's very, very impacted by um, you know, the, this and other you know, other things that, you know, continuously happen. So um, you know, it's a lot to a lot to process.
1: Sure, sure. All right, well we wanna thank you. Um do we have anyone um any other guests on the line? You can unmute yourself.
6: Yep. Hello.
1: Greetings, greetings.
6: Yes. Uh, should I just start?
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who are you? Who are you connected to? <laughs> and have you been out there in the streets?
6: Okay. Uh, my name is Lena Oluranti james uh, I am 29 years old. Um, and I am located in uh, Brooklyn, New York, currently. I am the daughter of uh Jimoke, I I'm not saying the whole name. <laughs> um, but uh he is co chair of the Atlanta chapter. If I'm correct. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I have not been out in the streets. Um I have been watching uh the protests um take place. Um and I definitely think uh tomorrow I I feel um Called to to go out. Um, they have enacted a curfew here as well um, for the first day. Um, it is uh, for 11 p.m. out here in New York, uh, and I definitely uh, feel the need to participate. But my main um, my main uh, personal focus right now is that I think that um, I just think that everybody should be mindful of. Uh, the self-care um, aspect of uh, this whole uh, process. Uh, I think that us watching um, a, a fellow human being, you know, repeatedly, you know, begging for his life and, uh, you know, and, and not being heard, I think that we need to understand that that is a very traumatic experience uh, and take time to recognize uh, how we're feeling, and even take breaks. I know everybody is on social media and making posts and giving their opinions and how they feel and really just trying to uh, communally um, heal from this and, and find answers and feel a sense of connectedness. But I think also we have to take time to uh, do things that are nourishing because, you know, you're putting out all this energy and experiencing a lot of other people's energy and i think that we just have to be mindful of um, recharging ourselves so that we can be fully present in whatever way we decide to contribute to these uprisings Um, making sure that you know we take our time you know just just to, uh, your your mental health you know in in throughout this whole thing is very important I know may just passes mental health awareness month and I think that that's just something um for me personally I think um I, I, that I'm realizing that you know I need to take breaks uh, I need to play a little gospel music I need to find things that nourish me so that I can still so that you, you know the waves of sadness you can you know break through and still contribute um your energy in a in a positive way
1: all right thank you thank you yes um self-care during this time and self-care every day of our lives is important to find that balance thank you for bringing that in the conversation Um, as a matter of fact on one of our past shows we we did a whole show on self-care for um, people involved in the movement uh, we have uh, Sister Nana Harris-Paris, who, who has written a book for revolutionaries on self-care and how to uh, uh, manage that and, and be in uh, involved in social justice work and movement work. And um would encourage people who want to go and take a look at that show. It's, uh, it was a very good show. So, yeah. So, before we get into what's going deeper into what's going on right now, I just wanted, did want us to start out by speaking about reparations. And uh, if and I guess what you could do is just say your name before you know, so we know who's speaking. I'm gonna put the question out there. What do you think that the reparations movement and, and COBRA specifically made, that we have done well to advance the reparations movement? And what are some things that um, we could do better to advance the reparations movement. Uh, that's an open question for anyone.
6: This
4: is Go ahead, Sister Elana.
3: I was going to say, um, as far as what and COBRA has done well, they've survived. They've been around for all of this time, pushing legislation, showing up year after year to have the conversation of reparations. And that in and of itself is what we need. As far as going further, we still need reparations to happen. We still need social justice to happen, criminal justice reform and those things. And these types of conversations with the youth and trying to get more people involved and spreading the message across platforms and, and amplifying the the conversation and relating it to all of these current events that are really exposing it. It's like we've had to put so much work in trying to explain reparations, but all the things that are happening are shining a light on exactly what we've been trying to prove and to get through to people for so long. It's very at least for me and apparent of the disparities, apparent of the harm, apparent that there's these inequities that we can start trying to put a number towards when it comes to reparation. So they've done a lot as far as being able to still be here and still talk about NCOBRA and them still be an organization that's putting out information regularly. But we still don't have what they've been fighting for this whole time. So I'll pass mm. that on.
1: Yes, yes, yes. cobra has been around for 30 years and and so work we've made some accomplishments but like you said we still ain't reached the the victory yet so much more work still need to be done all right brother sebeco you wanted to get in on that question can you hear me yes we can hear you
4: okay yeah i believe um and things have done done well i mean definitely moving uh the conversation about reparations and and getting that out there to, to where it's 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 commonplace. Uh, uh a lot of those roots can, can be traced back to the work that Incobra did, especially in the early days of advocating. Uh but one of the most important things that I keep in mind is that this is a coalition. Uh it's a coalition of groups that were doing things uh in their own way and came together for a purpose. Uh and came together to to try to unite Uh, different fractions of people who were fighting for um, African people around the world uh, for this one singular thing. And and I think that is one of the things that makes it a very strong component in this fight for reparations. Um, uh, One of the things that I I think could improve definitely um, when it comes to the PR and and getting the word out and, and, and moving along with the changing of the times to make sure that, uh new generation can uh, can digest the message. Uh, I was born in the movement, so these things are never foreign to me whenever I hear them out here, whenever I go to a conference, or so there's some people who are just coming to a form of uh, social justice and understanding what our people have been going through and what their fight is, or their eyes have been open, and it could be a little hard for them to really digest exactly what's going on. So if there's a way that we can... Uh, get people who are on all kinds of levels from those who were born in the movement to those who are coming yeah. into their own knowledge. And no matter what, if there's a way to make sure that each step someone has something that they can hold on to and come on board, uh, I think that's something that can uh, improve. Um, quite frankly, a lot of the people that were involved in COBRA in this early days were all anti-establishment people. And n- rightfully so because of how everything was going. Uh, Now you have a lot of us who uh, were birthed in this movement that have uh, understood exactly where we stand in society, but it's also integrated ourselves into it. And so it's kind of a new generation of people who have worked alongside and been a part of some of the movements of, of major cities, but also kept in mind that there's a fight and a struggle for our people. And so... The fight has to move as long, and and, the, and, and finally, have to move as well. mark
0: the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King's assassination. Special,
4: ah, true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry
1: about that. Go ahead, brother.
4: No problem. That's that's all I had.
1: All right. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, we we are really working diligently. Uh, I think, particularly on that that communication piece, um, we're we're looking forward to rolling out. Um, well, we've had a Twitter account, but we haven't been real active with it, but we're working on making that, getting that more active, rolling out an Instagram page as well as... um and rolling out a, a new and improved uh, Facebook page. So I, I, I mean, you may not have been talking about those specific things as well. As we have a YouTube channel, but all of those things, we, you know, we, we um, need, definitely need some more improvement on even this radio show is another example of us working more diligently, but we have to also do work more diligently in, in advertising even and promoting this particular radio show. So, yeah, I hear you on the, the communication piece. So why don't we do this in terms of that conversation why don't we shift now and you know it was it was proposed last year that we actually focus our convention this year on young people and how to get more youth involved in the reparations of movement so let's see what what do we need to do around that conversation we've spoken with some of you about that but let's let's Dive into that in terms of what do we need to do. And when I say young people, I'm going to say anyone that's under 50. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, how do we get younger people uh, involved in, in COBRA specifically in the reparations movement?
2: Father Jamoke? Yes. This is Shantae Witted. I'm also on the call from New Hampshire. And I just wanted, and actually, Shantae Witted, I'm actually on the marketing and information committee.
1: Okay, you work working well, with um, Sherry. Yes. Okay, great, great. So
2: okay. I, I just want to introduce myself. I've been on the call the entire time, <laughs> but okay. I just want to introduce myself and then um, uh, and answer some of your first questions, and then and then talk about communications because I actually have a communications company. Um, okay. So my name is Shantae Witted. I'm 43 years old. I live in Manchester, New Hampshire. I joined NCOBRA last year when we brought four young people from this area to um, learn about reparations. And what we incorporated um, included as young folks, it was Brenda Lett and I are college age students. So we brought four college age students to learn about reparations. And then um, from there, I decided I like marketing and information and communications, so I decided to join that committee. And so that's currently my position. I'm gonna be assisting with the Northeast region. And I, um, as far as, um, sorry, I wanted to talk a little bit about if I've been outdoors. Um, My 22 year old son organized a protest or a march. It was a march. And we had roughly a thousand people and he organized it within 48 hours and it was very successful and led to some very successful conversations with him, members of law enforcement and myself included. Um, I I currently work for the state of New Hampshire Department of Health and Human Services as well as um, owning my communications company. And I met a state rep at the March who in turn today contacted me to invite me to speak about um, my experience being black in New Hampshire as well as my experience with the march and what they can do to further assist. When I met the gentleman, um, he kept asking, could I get him some information? So I provided him with information regarding HR 40 and Senate Bill 183. And um, I've been invited to a conference call tomorrow night with um, 20 to 30, he said, of New Hampshire's 204 state reps to talk about those issues.
1: All right, great, thank you.
2: So for the communications piece in New Hampshire, I okay. just plan to keep pushing, pushing, just pushing.
1: Okay, all right. Be able to speak. Who is it?
7: Um, this is Marcus Malik Howard. Um, I'm the son of Cam Howard, and I was wondering if I will be able to speak a little bit and answer that question you asked before about how in Cobra, you know, can reach more to a younger audience, if that's okay.
1: Yes, it is. Before you do that, let me just go ahead. Let me do this. We're at the middle part of uh, middle marker of our show. So we want to acknowledge that you're listening to Conversation Reparations on Black Talk Radio Network. Again, that's Conversation Reparations on Black Talk Radio Network. All right, go ahead. And I want you to introduce yourself also first, and then you can share with us on any of the questions that I, I raised earlier.
7: No problem, sir. My name is Marcus Malik Howard. I'm the son of Cam Howard, who has been a part of Encobra for as long as I've been born. And I wanted to answer the question you were speaking on before, where you said, what are some things that, you know, we can do to get younger people involved in Encobra in the fight? And I feel getting more people involved is really social media and putting together more rallies and protests. I feel Encobra resonates with me personally because I'm 18. And I was born into the fight with my father in Chicago, Illinois. And I feel this fight is really important because of a lot of people's lack of knowledge on reparations. And when we let the oppressors teach our history, they're going to sugarcoat the injustices and understate our accomplishments. And I was talking to someone today about why they feel, why I feel reparations is really important. And you know, they were basically telling me that asking or demanding for change from a system that was never for us doesn't make sense. I'm guessing they were speaking on, you know. America the U.S. specifically. But my main point against that was that we are a crucial part of creating, we are a crucial part of this. Our our aspects of change in America are well documented and we pushed for so much and fought for so much that asking for anything less than the respect and the monetary gain that we have worked so hard for for over for nearly 500 years is nothing short of what we deserve as human beings and of African humans. And I feel like I agree with the brother before me that was really talking about pushing in cobras name to be as known as the NAACP or even as known just as much as Black Lives Matter. Because he, I was saying that speaking and getting, you know, more into social media, into branching out more than just, you know, person to person or face to face could really help bring in a younger demographic. Because I feel like in cobra to me is more impactful in a lot of ways than I'd say even the NAACP on a local, in a local, you know, area. Not saying either organizations better or worse. I'm just saying I feel like this is something that speaks to me and could speak to a lot more people if they knew how much, you know, we really were pushing and advocating for Black people and Black rights.
1: I feel you, brother. Yes, it's, it's um. I feel your spirit. I apologize if
7: I was speaking a little too fast.
1: No, no, you you do great. Um, so I'm uh, just I looking. Read, who is this?
5: Hi, this is Bihati. I just wanted to add to um, what you had mentioned
1: quickly. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna, I was to gonna call on you specifically because I know you mentioned that you do rites of passage programs with young men, yeah. and you and your husband. So I was particularly wanted to ask you also to to weigh in on this question around how do we get younger people um, involved in, in in cobra and reparations? movement. Yeah, I think that.
5: Um, Right now, it's a really important time because I feel like, I mean, you hear a lot more about it, even things, you know, platforms like The Breakfast Club. I'm not sure if you, I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with um,
1: Mm -hmm. that
5: that show. But I think that, that. yes, yes. And um, even the, you know, recent Democratic candidates, you know, even kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, putting it in their platform. We don't know exactly how serious they were about it, but. Um, I think at least for me, this was the first time they even mentioned it. So it's definitely some traction there, but I think that it's important that we don't allow the, um, quote unquote dominant society to co-opt the word reparations. Cause I feel like that's kind of happening as well. I don't know if, if others agree with that. So I think we really need like a clear narrative and something that's very, um, simple and, um, powerful. And we should, I think, um, kind of geared towards our people because I think our people are really the people who need to understand it um the most because we still have people who either don't know what reparations is or think that we can never get it or think that we don't need it and you know who should get it and you know should Caribbean people get just that all of those kind of I think you know all of that misinformation so to speak I think if we can kind of get a clear um almost like our own, not propaganda, but kind of our own story that we can all repeat and, you know, kind of stay on the same page to help people understand. I think that would go very far in those mediums that you guys all talked about, which I completely agree, in like the social media realm, right? If we're kind of pushing that consistent narrative, I think that would be very powerful. Um, But in terms of rites of passage, we include not necessarily reparations, but we try to really talk about the truth of the founding of number one the world so we go a little you know we go beyond you know this american paradigm to you know just kind of traditional um societies and you know how we got to be here and we're in um the northeast where we encounter a lot of people of african descent who don't necessarily identify as african-american um you know a lot of caribbean people west indian people um even some afro-latinos so kind of, you know, bridging that gap and, you know, um, helping people to understand how our African culture um, is powerful and you know, not just in America and talking about African values of um, communication and familyhood and all of those things is um, something we stress in the Rite of Passage. We start with, um, I would say I think we were doing age, yeah, we do age 10 to 14 so you know, right at the I guess puberty age, um, we kind of start and we run it for about five months, and then we do a presentation to the community at a luncheon, and um, it's been very powerful. And I think and hope that you know more of these things can happen as we go forward.
1: All right. Would you be interested in, in in working in a reparations into the into your curriculum? <laughs>
5: Oh, definitely. I mean, like I said, we don't necessarily say, you know, reparations, um, but, yeah, we can. We can definitely be, you know, more intentional about that for sure.
1: So, also, and this this for you, bio or anyone, one of the, I think, biggest obstacles um, that I've observed in, in doing this work in reparations for some years now is people saying that they don't think it's going to ever happen um, or some version of that. Um, what, what do what, what, what do you say when someone says they don't you don't think they don't think that it'll ever happen or it's not going to happen or what is your response to that?
5: Yeah, I mean for me I, I like you know I'm a mathematician so I kind of like to break it down between you know should it happen and whether or not it's going to happen right and that's what I mean by the messaging we need all of our mm-hmm. people to understand that this is a debt that's owed. Whether or not it's going to be paid, that's, like, the next step, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, again, probability versus, pop, you know, possibility. Like, it's definitely not going to happen if we don't make it happen.
8: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, so anything's possible. I mean, we're living in 2020 where we can't go out and group larger than 10 people. This has never happened in 100 years. So um, mm-hmm. I kind not try to push back with that, but just lead with, you know, the evidence that this is something that's old and whether or not, you know, cause people joke, well, everybody will just spend it on Jordan. Maybe so. But if somebody owe me $10, however I want to spend my $10 is my business, <laughs> you okay. know? So, um, Should I it to that? Yeah, you can. And my husband here, he wants to add something.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> Peace and blessings everybody. Um, I only, my, my name is Damon Benjamin. Um, as Bozzie said, I'm her husband. I'm blessed to uh, be her husband and be a part of, um, actually being married into this family because I was actually one of those people who would clown and I, and and didn't definitely didn't understand um, why reparations was important. Why reparations is necessary and why reparations is now. Um, I would just, I I just lacked understanding and definitely throughout the years that I've been um, married, I've been in the family. um, We've, or I should say we've established our own family um my mother-in-law father-in-law and their colleagues have always you know have always stressed the importance of it and helped me to understand why it's really important why it's necessary you know and why like Bosey just said why it's a debt that's old and there's countless you know artifacts historical facts printings that you know you name it pictures whatever that proves that we you know people of African descent deserve it and um you know it's just it's just because we really don't understand that and if we the more we know and understand why it's owed to us like the more we can help other people to understand and spread the word and make it more of a reality for us all and for and for the next generation yes
1: that's yes, work that we must do all right well let's do this let's um transition to, well, continuing the conversation on reparations, but also um, using the context of what's going on right now, going back to that, to these uprisings and our people in the street. So I thought we would um, play a, a clip from uh, a short uh, a, a, pre, a short presentation from Sister Tamika Mallory, who's, when we first started planning our incorporate convention around young people, she was one of the first uh, activist that we put on our list that we wanted to see if we could get her to come to our convention. We, we're still reaching out to her, but let's see what she has said. Some people may have heard this already. See what she says, and um, she's speaking in Minneapolis uh, a few days ago.
9: The is because this city, this state would prefer preserving that white nationalism and that white supremacist mindset over arresting, charging, and helping to convict four officers who killed the black man—that That is the reality of what we're dealing with. This is not just a few cops doing things across the country. This is not a good cop versus bad cop situation. This is Ahmad Arbery being shot down by white men on the streets of Georgia, Brianna Taylor being killed in her home. This is in New York City where we were until freedom, we were just in New York fighting the police officers who in the name of social distancing were near killing black young people on our streets. This is a coordinated activity happening across this nation. And so we are in a state of emergency. Black people are dying in a state of emergency we cannot look at this as an isolated incident the reason why buildings are burning are not just for our brother george floyd we're they're burning down because people here in minnesota because Target should be on the streets with us calling for the justice that our people deserve where was AutoZone at the time when Philando Castile was shot in a car which is what they actually represent Mm. where were they So if you are not coming to the people's defense, then don't challenge us when young people and other people who are frustrated and instigated by the people you pay, you are paying instigators to be among our people out there, throwing rocks, breaking windows, and burning down buildings. And so young people are responding to that. They are enraged. And there's an easy way to stop it. Arrest the cops. Charge the cops. Charge all the cops. Not just some of them. Not just here in, min- in Minneapolis. Charge them in every city across America where our people are being murdered. Charge them everywhere. That's the bottom line. Charge the cops. Do your job. Do what you say this country is supposed to be about the land of the free for all. It has not been free for black people and we are tired. Don't talk to us about looting. Y'all are the looters. America has looted black people. America looted the Native Americans when they first came here. So looting is what you do. We learned it from you. We learned violence from you. We learned violence from you. The violence was what we learned from you. So if you want us to do better, then damn it, you do better.
1: All right. Tamika Mallory, a lot to unpack in what she just shared. Um, so anyone who would like to comment on, on what she just shared and, or, you know, how we connect reparations to what's going on right now, who would like to take that on, whoever. This is Alana. All right. You.
3: Um, I think she really just hit the nail on the head with, you know, if you want for us to do better, then you have to do better. You know, this is not things that we haven't seen before. Like she said, this is not one incident. Um, It's not just George Floyd. It's everything compounded over the hundreds of years that we've had to deal with racial terror and, and violence as Black people. And what I'm not seeing are simple things like she said, arresting the officers, looking into all of the complaints that are filed against current officers, saying that we're going through our policies and we're going to implement new training and new hiring and Take the complaint seriously and say we're not going to hire the same cop in a different jurisdiction and make them the the, the sheriff, you know. And mm-hmm. so many things could be fixed with just there's there's solutions to each one of these problems. And instead of actually saying we're going to do these feasible things that could happen and actually address your grievances, they're ignoring them. So it's not that they can't hear us. It's not that we haven't been preaching the same thing. Or whatever. It's that they haven't ever cared enough, they've never been forced to the point of needing to care. And it's at this point where there's only so much that people can put up with, there's so much that you can corner someone or back them up against the wall, and how they're going to react. To think that people would react any differently than how they're reacting is insane and there are straightforward solutions like i'm waiting to hear from any police force any body about hey actually we're we're going to start these forums or we're going to go through our 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 book and purge some of these police officers who have 10 15 complaints against them already why are they still working why are bring back previous charges that are still you know in the time frame of the statute of limitations to charge cops who have use their power to murder us in the streets um now leave it there
1: yeah. that's great appreciate that
3: uh, hey this is kiosha i
8: joined the call um earlier mm-hmm. and yeah my name is kiosha um based here in florida actually um <clears throat> and got an a invitation uh, for this event so i figured i'd join um, what the uh, the recording um, from from earlier um, stuck out to me the, the target needing to be in the streets with the people um I always think about being in the paint or shooting in the gym you wasn't shooting in the gym um, the first thing on my calendar this morning for work was the diversity and inclusion meeting I worked for a Fortune 100 company and we're in the top 10. And to see them so quickly have a meeting around this, to have the CEO of the company come on the call and you can tell in the tone of his voice, you can tell that he sympathized um, and, and he wanted to have empathy. His mind and his heart was open to struggles that he will never understand um and a whole bunch of companies and organizations are kind of supporting this movement. um There was an email that came from Netflix today or from Lyft today. Uh, I think that this movement is so different from all the other incidences before um, things are uh, happening all over the world. People are protesting all over the world uh, from here mm-hmm. to the deserts of Syria um and so I think that this this may be it.
1: When you say this may be it, what is, what do you mean? Um.
8: Well, I think that this may be. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, we can hear you.
8: Yep. Yeah. So I think that this may be that tipping point, that catalyst, that event that sparks the change that we have been looking for for so long. The only problem is, a we don't have. A set of standards that we want the police to go by. For instance, in England, you have to do basically a three-year shadowing job. Um, Here, you do a six-month course, and you're a cop with a gun on the street. You know, to go to law school, that's that's seven years, but to wear a badge and enforce the law, it's six months. That's not enough time. That's not enough time. Like, there needs to be some type of universal police standard that we help develop. We can't have them develop it for us. We need to develop it. We need to give it to them. And this is a time to work together, and I'm hoping that this moment, that this is the tipping point where we can make that change happen.
1: All right. I'm a, I'm a... Call on Brother Sebaco and bring you back into this conversation. In terms of where 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 do we go from here? How do how do we channel this energy of our people on the streets to um, move us forward, move reparations forward? What say you?
4: Yeah, you're what you're saying is um, a lot of youth being out here. You know, a lot of teenagers, a lot of twenty-something. Uh, being out here and really, really moving and leading uh, what this looks like when it comes to uh, currently um, a lot of the the protests. But what you also see um, are a lot of other groups that are joining in what they feel like they're not getting from the American Dream. What, what they're what they're not getting from society. And um, you have your so-called allies, and you have a lot of people who are um, joining together to to kind of forcefully let people know that these things won't be tolerated. Um, there was kneeling, uh, there was protesting, and now you're seeing what not listening to the people um, will bring you. Uh, people will make you listen to them. And connecting that to what has been already laid as a foundation for reparations, um, it... it It has to be uh, a common denominator when it comes to what people feel. I believe a lot of people think reparations is a blank check or a a certain amount or a check, Um, where what type of resources are we all committed to to knowing that we need in order to build our communities the way that we want to see them and having that conversation about jointly what is it that we need in order for us to be able to be self-sustainable, whether that's land, Uh, whether that's the ability to be able to teach our young people what it takes uh, for them to make their own way. Uh, A -hmm. lot of that right now could be a great conversation for our community to have and to bring to the table. Um, Our community should definitely start understanding how we're going to organize with ourselves and let America know that, you know, there's things that are due. There's things that are due, and and it's plain and simple to understand why. There's conditions that we're in, the reason why we're dying at a larger rate because of the pandemic, the reason why we're dying at a larger rate because of police brutality and white supremacy, the way that we're being locked up, uh, our income and the things that our families are are bringing home, um, all of those things are definitely something uh, that we can make a case for in terms of how this society has caused us not to be on the winning side of that. And so taking all that and us understanding as a community what we need to make sure that we can be self-sufficient and build, um, those are the conversations that we need to have and those are the demands that we can put together. And the conversations are there so that we can build ourselves. The demands are there uh, so that um, those who are in power can understand that there is a responsibility for them uh to be able to assist in what the community needs to do
1: yes um much much work to be done those um community conversations what do we need to do you know even once we pass hr 40 1083 you know really before we pass those bills i've been saying but even after we but for sure after we pass those bills we're going to definitely have to have developed the detailed plan and proposal that be should be informed by what people feel like, like you said, makes the best sense to address the different issues in our community, whether it's policing, whether it's education, whether it's health, mental health, all of those different things, land, all of those different things. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, I wanna, I, was, I'm, I believe brother um, Marcus is the, the youngest person on the call so I'm going to give you, brother, the 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 last word as we come to the close of the show. And how? Well, what do you? What gives you hope in terms of uh, as a young person? In terms of us achieving reparations? In terms of what um, our world would look like with more justice, with reparations, with uh, more healing? What 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 would you say? And brother Mark, is you there? okay um this i guess we could go around and get a, a a quick closing remark from everyone okay so
3: i'll just end by saying that i'm i'm hopeful you had asked earlier whether you know reparations and people ask is it something that you think will really happen i I wholeheartedly believe it's something that I'll see in my lifetime. I think that the case for reparations is being made and it's a, it's a really great case. And and these things that are happening are really just shining a light and drawing all Mm -hmm. of the connections for that case to be made. And it's being made in front of the entire world, you know? Um, So I'm hopeful I'm, I'm ready, you know, for this. Um, And I, and I do wholeheartedly believe that I'll be able to see that in, in my lifetime.
1: I see. All right. So Shante, wrap up statement for us. Sister Baity, Sister Lena, if you're muted, unmute yourself.
5: Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I'll just wrap up and say that I think that, um well, not even I think, the evidence is there that this is definitely a moment in time um for us to advance the reparations agenda. Now, and so anybody that,
0: hearing of uh, Brother Jamoke? Because I'm not having any sound.
1: Yeah, they can hear me. We have some technical issues. Go ahead, Sister Barathe.
5: Oh, no, I was just saying, I think that um, the evidence is there that, you know, this is a moment in time for us. So I think that we have to just continue to move in alignment with the strategic and clear plan and also um, narrative for our people. And I think that we can, um, that we will be successful.
1: In your lifetime?
5: Yep, I'm claiming it. It's 2020. Look, anything can happen. Like 2020, we're in June. It's June 1st. Look at what has happened in in 2020. Anything is possible as far as I'm concerned at this. We might
3: have reparations by November. Who knows?
6: I'm for it. I'm for it. Who knew, who knew we'd get $1,200 stimulus checks y'all, who knew? Ooh. So, I think that so I mean, I think that that is the first step in illustrating that if the money's there, y'all got it, y'all y'all got it, y'all know how to distribute it. Uh it can be distributed, so it's not a issue of of how and if. Uh I think that that's a, a wonderful example that we can um, you know, receive funds, uh, but of course, like like they, like uh, like it was said earlier, um, a lot of people uh, have a misconception about reparations just being a blank check. But um, th- my favorite term is that you know, turning reparations into repairing our nation. And I think that you know, a lot of people are upset about looting, and you know, that's going on. But you know, our people have been looted. And robbed and stolen for years upon years. So uh, if you're upset about this looting, um, imagine how upset about uh, how upset we are about uh, the looting that's been going on for uh, hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, so I think that this is. I think that people um, who wouldn't normally participate in activism are finally um, understanding that you have you have to stand with us. And I think that it's beautiful that I see a lot of different um, organizations and people and like corporations uh, finally taking a stand um, and seeing what we have been seeing and what we have been, you know, arguing and um, uh, fighting for for years. So I think that, you know, like I said, like everyone else is saying, it's definitely a turning point because America um, as a whole, I think, is being forced to examine um, the mistreatment of our people.
1: All right. Yes. People are singing and people are responding. in like a new day. So we say, I just want to say thank you to all of um, the guests, uh, all of the young people who have participated in this show. I want to thank everyone for your contribution to this show. It's been a very dynamic show. You've been listening to Conversation Reparations, uh show brought to you by Incobra, the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. You can find out more information about Incobra at our website, IncobraOnline.org. Uh, we invite everyone who's listening, everyone who's on this call, everyone who will listen to the podcast at a later date to register yourself at our national convention, which will be July 30th through August 1st, 2020. It will be a virtual convention. And the theme this year is Reparations Today, What the Youth Them Say. So we will definitely have a strong youth component to this convention, and um, we invite you to be a part of it and to find out more information and and help us to move this work forward. You can also uh, get in touch with me directly at reparationsj at gmail.com. My name is Jimoke Fetayo. I've been your host, also Southeast Regional Representative up in Cobra. So we thank you. Cobra invites you to get involved. And those who are already involved, get more involved. Reparations Now conversation
0: reparation.